Today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped and today's ad is for the ladies. So we all know Valentine's Day is creeping up on us and if you're like me and you always forget your present and leave it to last minute, then you need to jump on this opportunity right now. With the code REBUILD20, ladies, you can jump onto the Manscaped website and get your partner, the Lawnmower 4.0, the lovely ball toner and deodorants, the shaving mat, everything you need to treat yourself this Valentine's Day. Treat your man to treat you. Use the code RUBEARD20. And again, by supporting Manscaped, you're supporting us and we very much appreciate it. My name's James Beatty. And I'm Sean Carroll. And welcome to the Rebuild Health and Fitness Podcast. All right, and welcome back to the Rebuild Health and Fitness Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about returning to training after, case in point, COVID-19. can also say returning to training post-sickness. Yeah. Bit of a trending topic at the moment. Very trending topic at the moment. But again, a really important one due to the amount of members that are gym that have actually had COVID. People that we know around the world that have had COVID and then them going back into obviously the gym space, and it's not been as easy as what most people envisioned it would be. Yeah, I know Australia's a little bit behind the rest of the world and letting um, COVID run rampant, so we're sort of dealing with all that now. And it has been like, um, it's been surprising, even for, I know, like a lot of our members who didn't have a lot of symptoms, didn't get very sick, were pretty shocked at how they felt trying to get back into training, which is why um, I think today's podcast will be very valuable because at some stage everyone's going to get COVID and especially if you're, you know, enjoy your fitness, you're yeah. going to want to get back into training at some point. So there are a few important things to to keep in mind. And that seems to be a bit of the fear. People are more worried about it because of how inactive they're going to be yeah. for those days. Yeah, I think, I know that, I know, I don't know where you want to start with this, but like, the, the most surprising thing for me was the little bit of like Stockholm Syndrome people being getting being like stuck at home for seven days and not um, socializing with people and then coming out into the world again and feeling a little bit of uh, anxiety around things. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it is normal to feel that after being in an enclosed environment for a period of time. And then especially if you live in like a, an apartment and you've just got that sort of yeah. one room and then you go out into, you know, big open area with or shopping center or a gym with 20, 30, 50, 100 people around you, I'm sure yeah. it can feel quite... Um, intimidating especially if you've one you don't know where you contracted it from you don't want to then give it to other people it's a little bit of a crazy well it's a crazy world but we know it's a crazy world Um, so again certainly no experts on coronavirus but we have read some of the research that we'll talk about during this podcast of what we want to what you should be looking after out for and then yeah what we've sort of adapted a Return to training. Return protocol. to training protocol from the British Journal of Sports Medicine guidelines. So, with the help of our physio Lou, which we'll read out later, which is again makes it very clear to what you should do on the day. So every member coming in feels feels a little bit safe. And we we maybe even didn't act on this quick enough, you know, because we didn't think the effects would be that bad. Yeah, because especially you know, out of pure probably ignorance on our part or just from the people who are actually getting COVID here, mm. everyone was pretty okay. Like the symptoms, like I said, have been quite mild. So, you know, normally when you get sick, you know, you have a, a mild cold for a few days, mm. you can sort of bounce back into training without too much um, too much trouble. But 
that doesn't seem to be the case with COVID, unfortunately. No, we had a couple of members come back and you ask them how they're feeling and you tell them to lower their intensity and just relax and just breathe and just move. And during the session, they may feel okay. But that seems to be that day after, that knock-on effect. They're sort of delaying their recovery. Yeah. Um, there was a great post by Dr. Izzy Smith. So Dr. Izzy Smith is coming on the podcast in a few weeks. So again, if you don't want to follow, this is from her Instagram, at Dr. Izzy Smith. She is an endocrinologist. She speaks a lot on COVID. Um, a fair few studies that she posted okay, about the effects on cardiovascular. So I'm just going to read some of the post. It's like, you should realistically rest post, 10 days post symptoms yep. okay before you really go back to training so with mild resp- uh, respiratory infection some light exercise is usually fine but with covid is a different kettle of fish and people should not exercise until they've been symptom free for at least a week apart from potentially prolonging the illness the main concern is due to the risk of exacerbated covid associated myocarditis so myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle and can be associated with even asymptomatic covid-19 infection but more likely with severe disease. So returning to exercise too early with underlying myocarditis could exacerbate the inflammation and increase the risk of permanent heart damage. So increasing cardiac output could also increase the viral load transfers to other parts of the body. So like your lungs or the normal inflammation associated with high intensity exercise could further increase the risk of significant symptoms. So myocarditis is still unclear but there has been a massive discordance in the study outcomes. So studies looking at college athletes, which have shown about 0.7 to 2% of diagnosed via cardiac MRI. But even some of these studies showed up to 15%. So even at just a 1% risk, which seemed relatively low at a population level, that's quite a lot, of, up. A lot of people, right? So college athletes um, you know, in their 20s are obviously not representative of the general population. Um, but a German study with over 100 people with an average age of 49 to 71 post-COVID showed 78% had evidence of cardiac involvement and 60% of them showed myocarditis on the MRI. So she just finishes like, this might sound scary, but it's important to be reassured that most people will make a full recovery from myocarditis, but it is critical the return to physical activity is done slowly with rest days between activities. A medical clearance and any concerning symptoms. If someone required hospitalization from their COVID-19 or having symptoms of chest pain or significant increase in RPE, like a rate of perceived exertion compared to normal, then they should have medical clearance before resuming exercise or at least getting their bloods done or an ECG. And this is where the challenge lies because <laughs> it's hard enough to get people to tone it down when they're feeling feeling good and fresh than you know, coming back from... In, uh, a type of a type of illness where they've had to lay home and do nothing. You're feeling a bit mm. stir crazy, like you know, touch wood. I haven't got COVID yet. Or we maybe think. we don't think could have could have been a super spreader. Mm. But you know, if I had to spend a week at home, not training, not exercising, and I do like I try to do something active every day, it'd be very difficult for me. But which is why I think having some kind of guidelines, which um, Lewis has thankfully created and adapted for the members of the gym. You've got a little bit of a plan then because otherwise you're going in not knowing, you're guessing, and that's when I guess a few people run into trouble. Yeah, and I think you do have to just speak to people to not think so short-term. Yeah. You know, an extra two or three weeks of just 
gradually building into activity could then set you up for the rest of the year. But just from these sort of papers, we could cause more damage to ourselves if we go too hard, too fast. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's, you see it all the time, all the time. People like come back too soon from an injury or sickness and they push the envelope straight away and then they set themselves back a week. So I know it may, you know, small steps forward still mean you're moving forward mm. and eventually, you know, you take the small steps forward, you can run and yeah, an extra week or two in the scheme of things. And like you said, though, a lot of the time you go and exercise realistically is to make yourself feel better. So you're yeah. a decent enough person and you can survive, right? So it's not really about like the, the sheer effort that you put in. It's just yeah. the fact that you've done something is going to be the big difference on that day. Yeah. And I think just from a mindset mindset perspective, when you're first getting back into it, just be thankful that you, you know, you've beaten a disease that has been so disruptive to the whole world. You get to come back into an environment which you you love and enjoy and not so much for like obviously the exercise part of it is a big one, but just even the social element of coming back into yeah. training and seeing some familiar faces and you know, the, the social side of things, the social um effects that COVID has had and produced over the last sort of two, three years has mm. been like really negative for people's mental mental health. And I know mm. it's not like everyone's situation is different, but I think we still need to be really grateful for our abilities to be able to connect with people because it was taken away from us for a, a long time. So, mm. you know, through isolation, when you, if you li- especially if you live by yourself, that'd fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, it would. I'm happy that we've, oh no, we've had little bits, but even when we were locked down, I still came into work. Yeah. Couldn't work from home. <laughs> <laughs> Too much going on. Central service. So we have, like I said, we work with Lou. Lewis as, um, is the physio at Rebuild and he has just adapted um, the return to training protocol from the British Journal of Sports Medicine, which are pretty good. Um, and he's adapted it for sort of strength and conditioning, functional training, whatever you want to call it, you come in back into the gym. So the criteria to begin this return to training plan are 10 days from onset of symptoms, a negative rat or PCR test, seven day symptom free, exceptions for things like mild cough or dry cough or the usual shitty cold stuff, and then off all treatment, i.e. paracetamol. So we've got stage one, two, three, four, and five. Maybe we can post the picture of this, Kate, with the... um, yeah, I'll put with, a link in the notes as with it, well. With the show notes so you can see. So stage one is 10 days minimum, 10 days. And acti- activity description is minimum rest period. Exercise allowed, things like walking uh, um, or just daily sort of living activities. Heart rate, just as low as you can. Like I said, we want this for about 10 days. And the objective is allow recovery time. Okay, protect, sorry, the cardio respiratory system. Then you've got stage two. So this would be like a minimum now. Now you're starting to get back into the swing of things a little bit. So a minimum two days of this. That's light activity, walking or light erg work or jogging, 70% heart rate, keeping it 70% lower. Limit cardio, okay, to about 15 minutes maximum. Um, and the objective of this is to increase heart rate and assess response. That, that's the, that's a big one for me, mm. just like stage two. It's sort of like you're testing the waters, not so much to like, it's more to see how you respond after yeah. you get your heart rate up a little bit. And then you just really need to pay attention to how your body responds. I love the saying like, listen to your body when it whispers, not when it's screaming. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to overcook yourself by ignoring the signals that your body's trying to give you. Yeah, and we'll usually do that. Even with injuries, you'll say, let's just fight another day. Let's see how we go and feel today. And if we're feeling good tomorrow, then we know that we've maybe passed that level of intensity and then we can 
try a little bit more. Yeah. You know, let's pull up. Stage three, so two days minimum would be starting to increase the load of the activity. So a low RPE, which is like a rate of perceived exertion, which I just call it like a subjective feeling of intensity when you're doing anything. Um, controlled intensity metcons like EMOM, so you have some forced rest, 80%. Max heart rate, okay, eight percent or less max heart rate. Um, EMOMs about twelve minute max, or like an AMRAP twelve minute max, and then add load monitor for post viral fatigue symptoms. So probably similar to that. Yeah, paying attention feel? to how like your joints are feeling. Um, that that's that's a big one. Um, yeah, most people spend a lot of time training in that sort of stage stage three. Mm. Like so, once you get to that stage and you're able to recover well from that, then you, it's sort of green light for you doing yeah. really well with your recovery that's it and that's when you go to stage four so again another two days here that'll be increased intensity so moderate rpe resistance training return to amraps and for time with pacing still looking to keep that heart rate around 80 percent. which again if you're doing something for a long period of time you don't find it over that too much nah. anyway um limit metcons to around 20 minutes and then graded reintroduction of higher intensity trainings and then after that, you've got stage five. So a minimum of 17 days from the onset. So realistically, it feels like a long time, but that's less than three weeks. Yeah. For the grand scheme of things and your overall health in the future, it's probably not not too bad just to hold on. And that's just return to normal training. And then there's just a message at the bottom. It's like monitoring. At each stage, monitor subjective symptoms, shortness of breath, fatigue, and cough. Rest in heart, heart rate if available and RPE. Um, RPE is a good one because, again, a lot of us don't have heart rate monitors or heart rate watches so i think rpe the more you train the more you understand your rpe yeah um if symptoms occur obviously regress to the previous stage which we've had a couple of people do so um until a minimum of 24 hours without symptoms has occurred i think yeah good little tips to understand like to help people quantify like where they're at like in terms of managing their intensities i think for stages like one two and starting you can probably push a little bit stage through, but for one and two, especially like staying well below your, you know, your anaerobic threshold. So mm. basically what that means is if you're doing any form of exercise, you should be able to have like a conversation like me and James are having now. And if you have to stop to catch your breath while you're talking to someone, then you're wor- like working too hard. Um, or again, fun little challenge that we've, we've put towards some people. And this is sort of heading into stage three as well is working on their, Nasal breathing mm. gives them something to focus on rather than trying to like up the intensity yep. of their workouts and their movements. Because if, especially if you haven't done a lot of na- like pure nasal breathing workouts before, you're going to have to reduce your intensity to be able to maintain it. Even if you forget the science that's coming out about nasal breathing, the one thing that it does is just a really good pacing strategy. Yeah. You know, if you're having to need, we did it this morning, right? If you need to breathe out of your mouth, then you're going too fast. And then, But, but I feel like I'm going really slow but you're going too fast to maintain your breath. Therefore you're going too fast. And if you're maintaining a lower, like a, a nasal breath, you're going to have a decrease in heart rate. But again, all these things throughout your week anyway, you need to be working some workouts that are below that threshold. Yeah. You are breathing differently. You shouldn't be going out there and attacking it. So if you're just doing like high intensity interval training every day, this is going to get a little bit harder for you because you're not adapting to different intensities and the different modalities. Yeah. What do you want to talk about next? Thanks, mate. Um, I w- <laughs> talk about nutrition a little bit. Not nutrition, just uh, maybe about a conversation that I've had a lot this week about just messaging. You know, obviously, every Sunday, message our nutrition clients. And I had a lot of clients over the last two weeks that had 
have had COVID, so they have been in isolation. And have you been meeting with them? Oh, yeah. Could be the... On the phone, speak on the phone, speak on the phone, you know. Um, and if they're, they're feeling really guilty because they haven't done what they set out to do, right? So I've asked a couple of people, I was like, what, why, what, 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 what were you set out to do? And like, I just haven't met my standards that I wanted to be. And I'm like, so you've got personal standards? Like, what, what are they? And none of them can quantify anything. So they've got no quantifiable um, objective measurement for their standards. So you're constantly reaching something that does not exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and then yeah. they're like, why am I feeling like shit? And I've been like, right, let me fucking dial this bit. Right. We've got five minutes for a phone call. And then it's like, right, on the phone, it's like, listen, you're in the worst pandemic in over 100 years. I think influenza in 1918, right? 17, I think. I Googled it before, mate. It's 1918. <laughs> <laughs> I do my research. Okay. So in 100 years, you're then put into isolation, which is the worst thing that you can ever do to a human being, Right. You, you can't move. You're not living able to work out of your house and yet you still feel bad for not sticking to the plan that you originally had mm. previous. Does so that sound a little bit ludicrous? Logi you know, yeah, logistically? Preaching preach the choir, mate. Yeah. I'm with you. But then it, it, I think breaking it down there like, yeah, okay, it's, I get it. Yeah. It's the breaking it's the breaking habit for people. Like it, it, Like the whole isolation thing, it comes on to people so quickly. You know, people plan for holidays and whatnot where they have time away from training and they're and their diet and all that. But if you're like in the rhythm, you know, especially this time of year, you know, people coming out of Christmas, they're looking to start the year off off with a bang. Then all of a sudden they do it, get a negative test or get a little bit of symptoms. It's like, boom, full stop. You've got to stop your momentum. Mm. You know, your daily routine thrown out of whack. And we are creatures of habit. So when our, when our habits exactly, yeah. change, like you're going to feel weird. You're going to feel like shit. But you've got to be able to have the conversations with yourself and understand it's like, hey, it's not forever. And there's nothing it, you can do about it. You can do. There's nothing you can do about it. No. Like, it's not like you've had a poor week and you've made poor choices just out. There's no rule book towards this. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. And you can, and you can fully fit. You can feel bad about it. You're allowed to feel bad about it, but it's, yeah, you just need to understand it's, it's not the end of the world. Everything ends. It's same as Christmas when we, you talk on that podcast, Kate, where it's like a week into training back. It's like, how'd you feel? Yeah just like I did previously. All right, it doesn't take that long to get back nah. into the swing of things, right? And that's when you write about just some sort of level of training, some increase in heart rate and just that change of environment. Yeah. Is the... Uh, I think there's a setback though, right? Because there was Christmas and so now having COVID, you go, for fuck's sake, like mm. I just got back into that routine. Yeah, definitely. It's tipped on its head again. And so then you feel that like accumulated guilt of what you did in December I, and now. Yeah, it's not so much – I don't think it's guilt. I think it is like people will just feel bad for the the massive change in routine because, it, you know, it can't, a lot of this comes down to your values and your standards you set for yourself. Like a lot of people here, they're health conscious. They value their health. They value training. And when that gets taken away from them, you take training and like the ability to like cook my own meals and that away from me, I'm going to be a pretty miserable person. And again, it might not be my fault, but at a certain time, you need to be able to have the conversation with yourself to be like, it is, it may not be your fault, but it is your fault how, or it is your responsibility how you respond to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Fault, yeah. Yeah, nailed it. He's completely right. Whatever's happened, it does suck. It, yeah, it does suck. Of course it does. It, it sucks a lot. But then where do you go from here? Do you 
there's only one place to go. You have two options from here, right? You change your path and get back on track and start doing the basics right, or you just keep fucking moaning about it, staying where you are and going, oh, that's a little bit harder. It is a little bit harder. It's going to be a little bit harder, but not for not forever. Do you know what I mean? Things are going to get a little bit easier. I saw a quote yesterday. What was it? I think it was on a podcast. Like when you get given a rope, you can either you need that. You can either uh, hang, hang yourself, yourself or, or climb it. Or climb it. Yeah. And no thing to suicide, obviously, but it was just a pretty solid thing. Like you've been given the same rope. Yeah. Now choose your path. It's, it comes back to the Stockdale paradox we spoke about the other week. Like you have to confront the brutal facts of your reality but you can't lose hope that, you know, you're going to come out the other side of it just fine. But if you'll sit there day one, it's like, yeah, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to do this, this and this, and then your symptoms get worse and worse and worse, mm. then you're not, that's not you facing your reality, that's you ignoring it. I think there's also that element of relief when it's over. Mm. And this is something I – is like an ongoing battle for me, but is like, yay, I'm back in the gym, I'll overdo it because I'm so excited to be back. Yeah. I think, I think that's something that's happening with members, right? Definitely, definitely. And that's why we bring in these protocols because, again, we didn't know at the time or didn't expect this to happen based on the symptoms that people haven't. Like if someone had COVID like like really bad, you know, bedridden, heavy lungs, couldn't breathe and really quite crook, then, yeah, definitely going to take a more guided approach to them when they're returning to the gym. But you have someone like, you know, yourself or, or Vicky who had really sort of Mild symptoms. I think Vicky was trying to train from like day one or two, like at while she was at home isolating. Like you just, we just didn't didn't know no, how, how it's going to affect people coming back into it. That's why I wanted to make this podcast because, again, I'm online a lot. I'm looking mm. online a lot, and I haven't seen anything like this in any in any gym. No, nothing, nothing. And I think it needs to be realistically in every gym, and then it's down to your coaches to hold people to it and even though they might have a little moan and a groan and say that they're fine i'd rather be the bad guy i'd rather be the bad guy for that extra few weeks do you know what i mean than them just screwing themselves up and taking a little bit longer so i think as many people can listen to this and just maybe yeah download the sheet that we may put forward and just follow these protocols however hard it's going to be it's going to make sense at the end i was surprised at how hard it was coming back because I had no symptoms really. Mm. And then coming back, the um, the first workout was like my I was just out of air the whole time. It was like I was winded mm. and I didn't expect that at all. And it was like first round I went out guns blazing because I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I was like, I'm yeah. not fine. But this it just shows the, okay. that there has been a big effect though without you realising. Yeah. Like if you did do some imaging and some scans, then you would probably have a much bigger effect than – well, you realise. And, and the other thing is while this protocol is going to be so much more beneficial because you went into your session keen as mustard to like rip in, you left the session feeling like shit because you couldn't do what you wanted to do. And we spoke about this a million times. There's no worse feeling than your body, you're feeling like your body is like failing you even though you feel good and you're keen to get back into it. Whereas you have a specific protocol to follow, some light conditioning to come in first two ba- days back, you walk out feeling good because you've, tick the box mm. you know you're on the steps of recovery rather than yeah feeling like you've taken a step backwards and being like oh shit I'm not better which it sounds a bit you know even if you came back after not training for a couple of weeks and then you went and did a big workout you're gonna be you're gonna hate it you're gonna be sore it's gonna suck yeah. it's the same it's the same thing even with normal illness right let's take COVID away even with normal illness maybe the protocol doesn't have to be that specific because the 
the problems are not that major with a normal mm. illness, but there still has to be these basic protocols to come back and be slow and steady and keep your heart rate at a certain intensity. Make sure that you are assessing how you're feeling the next day and through the training session. Injuries the same. Yeah. It's a hard line though, I think sometimes because but every la- day I feel like I could come up with some excuse about reeling it in. And so I've learned to, like I've worked very hard to block that voice out. And so then it's like, where's the line? Because I don't feel like I'll make progress because every day. But you're just like, thinking about conditioning pieces. You're not thinking no, about it's strength as well. It's but like, oh, num- my legs are sore. I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, but, the, but then your numbers are your numbers, right? Yeah, yeah you can do what you can do. You, mm-hmm. you, your numbers are your numbers. So, again, the way that the program is set up or good strength and conditioning programs, you know, you might have some percentages work or some RPE work. You can't fail RPE work, really, because it's RPE. It's a, it's a, subjective. It's a, it's a, it's a subjective feeling of intensity. So you might be an RPE 8 last week, an RPE uh, of 8 this week. And they may be slightly different weights, but your feeling of intensity is still the same. So you can't change that. With percentage-based work, you know, you're, you're 5 to 5, 80% or whatever, and last week was a little bit less, then you just have to do that little bit more. You, you should know what you're going to go for. Does that make sense? It seems to be the conditioning pieces where people get a little bit lost because they think I've just got... I don't want to be a pussy. I just need to go and fucking nail myself. But I'd rather just hold back a little bit, take that little bit longer, and then assess, and then and then push. That's why Emons and stuff are good. Yeah, I think the coaches have played a big role here in it because it is like reminding us before every workout and checking in throughout the workout. That's made a difference, I think, in the mentality. Yeah, you don't need to sell it to our listeners, Kate. They're already listening. <laughs> We're good. No, I'm saying that's an important part, right? Is having that those check-ins yeah and if you don't have a coach and you do just train on your own then you just have to be really analytical i don't know no that's the wrong word i think just honest like analyze your situation analyze what you're doing yeah you gotta you gotta accept where you're at again you don't know what you don't know right so i think you know if you can share this podcast or share the return to training protocols to someone that you may know who trains by themselves or trains at another gym then if they've already had COVID or they haven't yet, because they will, everyone will at some stage, I guess, then you're going to help them return back to training. For sure. And hopefully in a few more weeks, we'll talk to Dr. Izzy maybe a little bit more in depth about this. Yeah. Someone a little bit more intelligent than as you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll test and her. better looking. I'll test her. <laughs> oh, oh, harsh. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Again, if you will share this again, I do think it's a pretty important one regardless if you want to just download it hopefully it can help you if you're a gym owner or a coach print off help other people us helping you helps everybody else just like you buying a manscaped (laughs) yeah (laughs) helps us helps the podcast grow everyone wins and helps your family jewels yeah Yeah. look after look after your bits (laughs) (laughs) all right 